Hey everybody, we back again. Back again. There it is. I'm Spencer. And of course, that's our licensed clinical therapist, Nazir. Uh -huh. I'm watching too much Robert De Niro. And this is the Different Spectrums podcast. We talk about movies, shows, and the mental health mental health aspects that surround them. Uh, we also try to have some laughs, so don't take us too seriously. Also, don't forget to run up those likes for us. We'd really appreciate it. So, what are we getting like a, into today? Good thumb. I like a, a, good, a good thumb. You like a good thumb. That's good. Glad I can repeat that and doesn't sound terrible at all. All right. So today we will be talking about the show Barry. Um, we're going to be specifically talking about a couple clips. Uh, the first one being uh, season two, episode one, where Barry has a flashback to where um, when he was in Afghanistan, I believe. And... Um, Yep. His first kill that he ever had. Um, then we're going to skip along to season three where um, he's going through a traumatic event um, and kind of disassociating. And so he sees a lot of people that he's, we'll say that he's met so far. Um, and... Uh, there's a lot of talk between uh, the desert and death uh, versus the ocean and uh, freedom and purgatory and what that kind of all means. We'll get into that a little bit later after we watch the clips. Um, also, some topics that we're going to probably talk about are fitting in, depression, um, yeah, and probably masking as well. Kind of goes along with that fitting yeah. in, so... Um, we have a few topics to talk about, and we'll probably get into more as we, after we watch the clip. Uh, Nazir, anything before we get into it? Uh, super excited to do this. Um, it looks like the trend, and what we've been doing is um, Mondays is me and Spence chopping it up, one of the scenes, and on Thursdays mm -hmm. releases will be the special guest always coming back. So it, mm -hmm. it, it, it oscillates on those two days. So I just noticed the pattern. Mm -hmm. So heads up for that, folks. You'll see me and Spence on Mondays, me, Spence, and another partner in crime on Thursdays. Uh, yes. Continue to subscribe, add. We appreciate the donations as well. Uh, looks like you can also donate on Instagram now as a gift. Ooh. And then, of course, check out the merchandise that we're doing. Uh, and then I will continue to drop more reels on that, too. But much appreciated all the love. Continue to come to the show. We're going to get to a real quick commercial, and then we're going to get into the scene. Let's do it. Woody whoop. Woop whoop whoop. Do do do. Five four to seven. Mr. Kusinova, but teaching's your your life. Janice was my life. Janice is my life. Okay. No, no, Janice is your life. I understand, but I'm just saying that that um 
you know, you know the things you tell us up here, you know, that, that, that acting's good therapy, you oh, know? Oh, you actually I, heard something I said? No, what I'm saying is that we could we could use this as, as an exercise, as a whole class, and we could use it that, that, so you could, you could talk about your feelings. You want me to talk about my feelings? This class was about you talking about your feelings. All right. No, I... Okay, yeah. I've got an idea. Why don't you talk about the war, Mr. Human Icebox? Why don't you tell us about the first man you killed? Because that's what it would be like for me to talk about Janice. I didn't think so. Natalie? Bring my car around. All right, it was outside of Sanjin. It's my first tour. It was, uh, I was on Firewatch with my friend Albert. Um, at an OP. And, uh... Albert? Yeah? You want to take a look at this? Wow, what do you see? Let me see. Nice. Oh, yeah. Yeah, about 700 yards out, right? You there? Yeah. We saw... I don't know what you call it. Um, some suspicious activity. And, um... Albert was doing surveillance on the... Keep going. We, we weren't sure if we should engage or not. Should and I, we engage, sir? I'm not sure. And uh, I asked if we should radio Lieutenant Hubble. Uh, should we maybe radio Lieutenant Hubble, sir? Fuck no, you don't got a radio, man. Take the shot, dude. Are you sure? No, I'm not sure. He says... That's a green light to shoot the guy. <sighs> Look, you're gonna miss anyway, man. Just get the fuck up. Oh, oh, my shoulder. I forgot how these things kick back. <laughs> Jesus, Bergman, you got him! <laughs> what the fuck are you shooting at? Bergman just took out a sheep fucker from 700 yards. Fuck off. Yeah. Hey, there's more. What? Uh, look. Yeah, there's two on a rise. Looks like they're checking out the buddy. No way. No, 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 no. He killed them both, soldier. I don't... I, I killed them. <laughs> Take the bib off, forget it! <laughs> Barry Berman! Barry! Barry Berman! 
Harry. Is that what really happened? Yeah. Yeah. All right, I'll see you tomorrow at the next class.
All right. Hello, everybody. We are back from watching our scenes from Barry. So we, so the first clip that I want to break down uh, is the clip where he's going back and revisiting the time where he um, first killed a person um, in Afghanistan. Um, As one so, does. Yes, of course. Why not? When you're there, might as well live the life, right? <laughs> um, so actually a little bit of a breakdown for uh, Barry. So Barry's a show about a hitman who uh, wants to become an actor. Um, and he realizes this when he is um, about to do a hit on an actor slash student um, from uh, Gene Cusimano. I believe that's his name. Um, one of his classes. And um, Barry just falls in love with the thought of acting and not being himself because he was at a point where he was very depressed and also burnt out from being a hitman, which it's hard work killing people, man. It's hard work. I think at some point you probably should be burnt out, but that's just me. Um, yep. You know, whatever. And, uh, and so after he falls in love with acting, um, he gets involved with this Chechen mob. We meet Noho Hank, who's hilarious. Mm -hmm. And he was also in Gotham as Zaz. Oh, yeah. That's where I knew him from. Zaz. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. He was Zaz. So, um, yeah. And from there, um, actually, Ryan, who he was supposed to kill, um, was killed by the Chechens. And that kind of all kind of rolls up in the last scene that we watch, but we'll get to that at some point. Um, and so we're at this point where um, Barry is, you know, he's talking about his first time killing a person. Um, and it's a tough scene a little bit because we see um Barry kind of going through it in his mind and it's a completely different thing than what's being acted out um, on stage Yep. because the students that are actually acting out the scene think that, you know, there's a lot more sympathy, I would say, um, especially when you're um, in, you know, wartime and that like, oh no, I killed somebody. Oh my God, my life is ruined. But in actuality, he was celebrated for killing somebody, which in a way you could say that um, that kind of probably started his, um, that helped maybe fuel his, um, his, uh, you know, kill thinking streak. that he needs to kill people in order, you know, for him to have like some type of purpose. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of things go in that. Um uh, especially with his um, father's friend Fuchs, who um, kind of recruits him to be a hitman after he comes back from the war, right? Um, yep. After he was discharged, but that's a whole other topic. Um, and so, yeah, we're in this scene, and I wanted to bring this scene up because I felt like it was a good way of us kind of masking um, ourselves. When, you know, when we know that the truth is just going to make people run away and be scared, right? Because for Barry, this this acting class is a way out of his normal life, which is all about killing um, supposedly bad people. But we see that that's not really the case for all of them. Um, 
But yeah, I like this clip because it does show us, you know, do we kind of lie when we need to and then we don't need to. In this case, I think this was probably a need to lie. You can't be like, oh, yeah, we just, you know, I shot some people and it was fine. Whatever. Didn't really feel anything about it. I'm like, okay, cool. Um, but then also we see with his uh friend that um that um he was calling like this quiet ass dude like is a stone cold murderer and everything. He's just like, oh hmm. So he kills people and then now he's celebrated. Mm-hmm. Whatever. Um, so what did you think of the clip, Nas? And how would you it hmm. I'm going to ask you just how you feel about the clip and then we'll go into other questions. Yes, yeah. 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 So, uh, I would say, uh, you had me watch this like a long time ago and then I put it off. Right. Like I put everything off in life and I finally got to it and I was like, Holy shit, this is good. Um, mm-hmm. uh, Barry's complex. Uh, like he you is. said, uh, we brought it up because he feels very neurodivergent to us very much. So on the spectrum, Mm-hmm. Uh, with his uh, issues with speech, emotions, identification of the emotions, expressing them. Um, there's some interpersonal issues with him communicating with other people and him being weird and awkward and stoic. So in this scene, they immediately like, hey, man, why don't you act out your trauma scene? Because you're just the icebox of the group. And I'm like, okay, so that's a dog whistle. What we call for being neurodivergent is people saying that, you know, the stoic are or repressed, uh, are quiet, reclusive, isolated, antisocial. And so he starts to go into the spiel because he wants the class to continue going. Like you said, that's his safe haven. That's his place. He actually mm-hmm. feels connected to like the people in there and friends. Mm-hmm. And he finds a, a woman there that he really loves and enjoys. And you know, she's a whole nother bag of issues, but still. Um, yeah. But he doesn't have to put on this hyper-masculine thing. He's not hurting anyone. He gets to have fun and just do stuff. So I think it's really cool for him to like protect that mm-hmm. by talking about his story. Obviously, it's intriguing. He doesn't tell the whole version of the story, uh, and he's like looking at people. So he's you know think about my neurodivergent students. One the other day, I said sometimes you be saying shit and then looking at me to see how I react. Uh, you you're doing that, aren't you? She's like, ah, maybe. I'm like, yeah, because you're saying some wild-ass shit to see if I react. Um, funny stuff. Some people say concerning stuff to see if I react. So Barry's mm-hmm. seeing how people react because he doesn't want to be judged. He doesn't want to be seen as a psychopath or as a killer, right, as like a bad person, right, crazy, you know. And then they act out that thing, and he just goes with it. So he does a lot of his life, he just goes with it. Mm-hmm. Goes with it in the military, goes with it when he's younger, goes with it with Fuchs, and he gets manipulated into hurting all these people because you're my special boy, yeah. and you've got a talent, and I can use that talent. We can live a good life. So he gets manipulated by a straight-up narcissist. Yeah. I, I very much so dislike the girlfriend in the thing because she's kind of like a terrible person. Fuchs is like legit yeah, terrible person. 
Oh, yeah. And he keeps on, throughout the series, he keeps on, even though Barry is like, I'm going to kill you. Like, legit, I'm going to kill you. And he's just like, come on, man. Like, what, what is this all I love about? You. Yeah, Even I'm though he betrays him multiple times. Yeah. And, like, tries to sell him, almost sells him out a lot of the time. Um, but then also, if you see in the beginning of the show, like, Barry isn't living in, like, great conditions. Like, you could, like, he... Fuchs earns a lot of the money and keeps yes. a lot of the money. And, does and so he just gives him enough to where he can live a little bit and make him think like, yeah, you're doing a lot. Yeah. You're getting this money and you can do whatever you want. Sure. Terrible man. He gets taken yeah. advantage of so many times. He does. Uh, and in some of these other social situations with his girlfriend too, he's getting taken advantage of. Yeah. Uh, poor dude. And I get it. He's a killer. And, you know, obviously, I feel weird doing some of these episodes, but it is what it is these days. Mm-hmm. You know, there's so many shootings that are going on. And so, right, there's going to be True. a couple, you know, gunfire scenes in this. Um, so uh, it's a good show. Um, yeah. It's also a neurodivergent individual, very complex individual, lots of trauma, many different things and relationships. Right. I like the clip. If you're in therapy, this is kind of how therapy goes, dude. Mm-hmm. Like, let's say, you know, I'm asking you to talk about stuff, and that's what we do. We act it out. The way he right. goes back into his mind and starts reliving it, that's what therapy is when we're talking about traumatic events. And so when I was right. actually watching this scene, because you you wanted me to watch Watchmen, like, 2019, so like, I'm finally getting to it. Um, <laughs> and I watched it, and she has to take these pills that her grandfather gave her called Nostalgia. And later on, the person that makes those, true, um, said everyone wanted to take these pills and just relive the most traumatic life events. They just kept reliving all the horrific stories in their life. Mm-hmm. And that's very true with a lot of clients. We usually relive most of the horrific things, bad things, anxiety things, trauma things. Mm-hmm. Uh, rarely do we replay all the good stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. The mind thinks that if we replay the bad stuff, it'll protect us. And so... it. Uh, with this character, I don't know if he has like high anxiety or de- he has depression, but I don't know if he has high anxiety. I that's but, the thing. He's very calm and collective when it's in certain moments. I think season three he had more anxiety than anything because he felt like everything was kind of crashing down. Yes, uh, and that's why like there was a scene where he actually was freaking out at um, his girlfriend. Um, oh, I remember that. Yeah, um, about I think it was like a. Um, a certain scene or no it was because she he wanted gene to be hired on her show and she was like yeah i can't do it and he was like no you have to do it you have to do it and uh she just couldn't do it and then he like got really fucking mad and then they break up yeah and oh my god that breakup was oh my god that was so cringy he was just like yeah i'll kill somebody for you or no, I'll make no. You know what he did? I remember now. He was like, "I will slowly uh, take certain things away from their apartment and make them think that they're going crazy, just for you." <laughs> She's like, "What?" I'm like, "Girl, don't act like you ain't just as crazy as him." <laughs> I know, right? Um, yeah. But yeah, so I totally agree with the fact that Barry just has um, certain things that are really going through his mind and. I think, like I said, in season three, his anxiety is really kind of building up because he feels like Trap. he has to pay back Gene, you know, for certain things that he did. Spoiler alert, he kills Gene's girlfriend. So. Yeah. No, everything is, there's so much yeah. entrapment in this 
There's no way someone like him doesn't feel pressure. I guess some yeah. folks could wonder why did we pick these scenes? Uh, yeah. Of course. Right, so we're supposed to pick these scenes to be break them down because they're fun. There's a lot of mental health stuff, break down the characters. But if we're actually going to therapize it in a metaphorical way, this is what many of my clients feel like. Right. Like you said, they're wearing the mask and they're going along with people do and how they react and he's being celebrated. But then he knows that that's cool with like the boys and the homies. But then if it's with like regular folks, civilians, that's not going to be seen as cool. He right. just kind of goes and assimilates on what he needs to do. Um, he's taken advantage of in many different ways. Uh, when he's mm -hmm. backed against the corner, he doesn't know what to do and he fucking freaks out and he rages. Um yeah. These are all pretty relatable things for a lot of people. Uh, Barry's just another neurodivergent individual that gets put in the wrong place, wrong time, wrong influences. Uh, and so everyone, to me, in my mind, is born pretty good. Yeah. And then things happen, and things happen, then things happen. The next thing you know, he's just you're killing your best friend's girlfriend. Yeah. And that's the thing also when we talk about the show is, yes, there are plenty of funny scenes that we could be doing oh, yeah. and all of that. Plenty. It's a very funny show. But I think all of these moments really bring back to um, Barry himself as a character and what it's been building up to. Um, and I think that's what Bill Hader, the one of the creators of the show, was really going for. It's not just a comedy. It's more of trying to flesh out somebody that like a murderer and what he's doing right mm -hmm. and how he has to go through things i mean he's just a regular human like everybody else but you know obviously he has a certain past like or yeah. present actually because he keeps on doing it so yeah. yeah what were the other questions you had homie uh i would say so you've seen all of the show who is a character that you've been that you totally relate to in a way? Um, is it Barry? Is it more of like NoHo Hank, kind of like the um, you know comic relief in a way? Yeah. Um, or maybe is it Gene, where you are trying to like help mold these people, but do it in a certain way? Gene, you know, so he has this stuff too. So. I will say this for all my neurodivergent folks that are paying attention. Uh, well, everyone, not everyone. Mm. doesn't really matter. We all have different parts of ourselves. So obviously different parts of myself relate to certain characters. Of course. There's some parts where I'm Barry and more stoic and reserved and more, more itemized, more militant, more tactile, uh, mm. tactician. And there's parts of me where I'm the teacher and I'm molding these individuals. There's parts of me where maybe I am a little bit narcissistic because all of them are narcissistic in this fucking show. Yes, um, but that's also yeah. actors. <laughs> yeah. Well, there you go. Um, and then there's parts where I'm no Hank, where he's just kind of vibing, chilling, doing his thing. Like, you would assume that character was going to be, like, the biggest piece of shit ever, and he's just, like, the most lovable character, even though he's, like, a so mobster. Lovable. Yeah. Yeah. He's gay, too, in the show, isn't he? He is gay. Yeah. I thought so. Yeah, so. Great lines. No. Minds think alike. <laughs> yeah. mm. Interesting. Um, interesting. But, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's all of them I have little pieces of. And that's everyone else that's watching these shows. Yeah. You don't always have to identify with just, oh, I'm everything in this character. No, you're probably like one or two things in the character, one or two things in this character. Um, mm. So when I'm working with clients, sometimes I'll have them, especially my neurodivergent folks, like, who do you relate to? Mm. And like the movies, music, whatever it is, right? Who is it? And they'll give me like three or four people, right? I've had some students give me an itemized list. 
mm. of like anime characters than they have personality <laughs> traits to. Yeah. I'm like, all right, so this character's neurodivergent as shit. She's like, yep. I was like, okay, <laughs> just making sure we both know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I remember my one girl that told me that she related to One Punch Man. That's why we did the video on it. Because she's That's like, funny. what's the fucking point? I don't really understand. Like, life means meaningless and pointless. You just show up and you do shit. And I don't get it. And a lot of neurodivergent people right. get lost in that existential what the hell is the meaning of life? Um, so it, it just depends. I love when people ask these questions. Me, I would assume it's multiple of them. Mm-hmm. I'm definitely never the girlfriend. She is. Yeah, no, she's a piece of shit. She's just a terrible person. Great actor. I'm sure she has. His, great, yeah. I'm sure she has her own great trauma actor, issues. Because she made me want to hate her so much. Oh, yeah. yeah. Which I bet she's probably like a sweet person and shit. But like yeah. the character overall, just the worst. The worst. worst. The worst. Yeah. So narcissistic, so borderline-y, so emotionally manipulative. Yeah. Um, and like Barry would literally do anything for her and he just gets treated like trash. Anytime I see any of my neurodivergent humans, uh, doesn't matter what gender, I'm just like, what are we doing? Uh I guess the segues into something else. Yeah. Whenever I see these characters, and I see a lot of berries now, right? Because it's a specialty. Um mm-hmm. Obviously, none of them have the murderous side. But there'll be a lot of unhealthy relationships. And some of my clients think that it's just normal. Or mm. it's their first relationship because they didn't really have a lot of friends. And they're like late bloomers. Right. Or they, they don't really have an identity. And they feel like their identity is whatever their partner's is. And so they just end up becoming their partner. And mm. then they end up talking to me. And I'm like, whoa, this you're not getting treated well. Um Sometimes they don't even know, Spence. I'll be talking to them, and it'll be like two years later, and they'll tell me about someone, and I'm like, what? Yeah. This isn't, this, this is, this can no longer happen. This is not good. Um, Like, what do you mean? I'm like, yeah, you need to consult with other people about this. Uh, That Mm -hmm. way you don't think that I'm being biased. Well, maybe that's just because I told you all the bad things. So tell me some good things. Uh, But the things that you told me is not what friends or partners do. We need to make a change. Uh, I've been in some weird situations where I'm like, it's a piece of shit. But you can't just tell your client, hey, baby daddy's a piece of shit. Just so you know. Just so you're aware. Piece of shit. Probably should change that. Yes. Uh, Oh, my God. I've had that conversation all the time. I literally just had it a few hours ago. There you go. Where I was like, They were like, well, why? We put a timestamp for the relationship for the summer. I said, yes. Well, what am I supposed to be looking for until the summer? He said, we've already talked about this. Mm -hmm. I don't understand why people forget what we talked about. We made an itemized list on how you want to be treated Mm -hmm. and feel. How you want to be treated and feel. Some things you want to be better, some things you want to be less. We know what Mm -hmm. direction it's supposed to go. What do I think is going to happen? I think that there won't be much change, and I think that you'll go your separate ways. Why do you say that? Because currently right now you're unhappy. So you think when you're married with children, you'll feel better? Because you have a hard time bringing up these difficult conversations. And so if you, well, I don't feel safe communicating these these things. Well, that's not a good sign. Mm-hmm. Well, that, that's not a good sign. If you can't even communicate some of the some of the easy things, what are we doing? The person's not a bad person. It's just, they're not right for each other. 
and that's the thing i think we just people really just want to fall in love just so easily and they think like that's the only thing that can like oh i love them okay and yeah. they're not good for you why does it matter like they just think that love is like the only thing that they need to like keep people going but no you need it it's a working relationship that's how it, it goes you're supposed to talk through things you're supposed to be able even even if you're uncomfortable you're supposed to have that conversation with people or at least feel comfortable having that to conversation. have the conversation yes yes at least to have it and so i think a lot of people just get stuck in the i love you of everything and i've had the same thing i've talked about one of my friends on the podcast yep. and how she's in a crappy relationship but yet she's just like it's somebody and i'm not alone and all that and i'm like that's not that's not good you need to you know what sometimes being alone's okay being alone's okay and i think that's where barry hits the crossroads he's yes. always been alone unless he finally finds someone that's very attractive yeah. and she's good at her craft she gasses yeah. him up about a few things without actually yeah. wanting anything from him um yeah. in the beginning but that's the thing though actually i just rewatched it and they were coming back from uh like the bar or whatever and yeah. she's like okay i like i'm not gonna like invite you in he's like yeah i know i I just wanted to walk you to the door and she's like oh oh and then she's like well uh i mean do you want to come in he's like no i'm good i'm gonna go all right see ya and then he leaves and then she's dumbfounded like this motherfucker is he trying to play me like is no he... so he's very respectful very kind very considerate yeah. um so many other people thing. will yeah p other people will think that he's not interested uh or that he doesn't want to sleep with them right they'll take it as a personal attack because he didn't he wasn't more pushy but i also think that um he's okay with just having like just that amount of affection. It's not really like a physical thing either. It's more of just mm -hmm. like, you know what? She likes to do acting. I want to do acting. Cool. That's fine. Sweet. See you tomorrow. Yeah. In class. Yeah. And likes the connection. The yeah. The community. Uh, eventually in a couple of weeks, we'll do a scene from ready player one uh, mm -hmm. where they talk about connection community being with real people and not lost in the metaverse, not, not being lost in video games or work or jobs. We can use that one very metaphorical from that one. Uh, mm -hmm. Barry looks like he's lost and just assimilates to what other people do. And you see that in the first scene that we break down. And I feel like a lot yeah. of us neurodivergent folks can vibe with that. So often my students will come to me. Mm -hmm. I have no personality. I don't know who I am. I don't know who I am is fucking for everyone. But well, my students in neurodivergent will come in. I have no personality. I'm like, what the fuck do you? We all have a personality. God damn it! Like you have a personality. Well, like no, I don't even. I don't even know. I'm like no. I can name off like 50 different things right now in this moment. Even if you stole some of these from other people or you mirror mimic things, it's still molded into your personality now. Um, but it's so often, and so what we end up doing is I end up having to support and guide. Just guide people through a tons of relationships, friends, classes, dating. The best time for me to work with my neurodivergent students is when they're making friends and when they're dating. Because hmm. we can collect so much data, so much data, and help them stay in good ones, get out of bad ones, experimentation. You know, what do they like in people? I asked someone the other day, what do you like? 
Mm-hmm. So go home. I want you to do this list. I would do the same thing for Barry. I want you to put down your last partner, your current partner, and like a couple friends, a couple other partners. You write all the things that you like about them, all the things that you disliked about them. Mm-hmm. And it's supposed to be more personality traits, more things and how they make you feel. A lot of good, a lot of deeper things. Man, this motherfucking student put down like, they have nice eyes. They have soft lips. I'm like, man, this old sexual ass the writings. Like, man, what you fuck you writing? <laughs> she said, I was looking at him while I wrote this. I'm like, I can tell. Yeah. <laughs> His eyes just burned into my soul. Like, all right, Jesus. Yeah, little old pouty lips. I'm like, what the <laughs> fuck am I reading? Uh, it's quite wonderful when we do that exercise to find out what we like and don't like in our friends, partners, and then we throw our parents in there. Um, mm. A lot of things that we like in our parents, what we like in our partners. A lot of things that we hate and despise in our parents, we usually despise in our partners. And so to find someone is you want to find all these good things that coagulate. And so this human was fun. They liked funny. Mm. They liked tall. They liked tall individuals. They liked funny individuals, but also kind and passionate. They liked them passionate about whatever. It doesn't matter what the fuck they're passionate in. I thought you were talking about me. So you said kind and passionate like, kind oh, and passionate yeah. oh well, i'm passionate when i want to be passionate. i got tall and funny compassionate <laughs> now nah, you're passionate about a bunch of other random shit yeah whatever i don't know what yeah. you're talking about yeah you're like fuck Shut you up. man there's a fucking character calm the fuck down right? yes so uh, i'm masking a, right now i i know you're simulating <laughs> uh it's like when someone called me a bro the other day yes i was handing it i was Playing with a squish toy, like neurodivergent mm-hmm. as fuck. Playing with a squish toy in the hallway. And you're like, what are you doing? I'm like, what are you talking about? She's like, are you smoking a vape in the in the in the in the hallway? So like, you're really doing the bro thing all the way out, acting like a college student. I'm like, this is a squish toy. I just wanted to squish my toy. I know. People I'm like, I'm not acting like a fucking student. Don't you judge me, you fucking piece of shit. Also. The balls to just be like, you vaping? Like, who the fuck is vaping in a hallway right Why now? Why would I be like, vaping in the hallway while my boss is in front of me? No sense. No I know. Sense. It makes no sense. Uh, funny thing, but I kind of did what Barry did the other day. Uh, no, the murder stuff. Oh, okay. You know, he's trying to get people to like him and all that stuff right in the military, so he does those things, right? Um, well, there we had to take some pictures, some photography things for the websites and all that. And everyone had to be serious or act normal for the pictures. I don't know how to act normal for these type of pictures. I was just cracking jokes left and right. Bro, I can't do it. Like, you know me. I cannot do. I can barely do serious photos. Oh, I know. And then imagine exactly. if you're doing it for like a website and all that stuff. I was just talking shit. Oh, yeah. That's that's the best time to talk shit is when you're supposed to be very serious. Very like, oh, yeah. Professional. <laughs> Stick up my ass. <laughs> yeah. It's just they're like, like, what's up, motherfucker? They're like, act like you're having a therapy session. And so one of the other therapists was like, yeah, I just broke up with my boyfriend. I said, yeah, he can probably find better. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking someone was nasty. They're like, nah, just walk down the hallway and act normal. And like, I was supposed to be the student there, the therapist, and I flicked him off. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. That's oh, good. it was fun. I had some good times. And then we were sitting down at the conference table having a thing, and they were they were talking about people and how they're tall. I said, let's rank people by their worth. (laughs) (laughs) My boss looks at me like, 
this is not acceptable. I was like, oh, I'm sorry. I'll go back in my box. <laughs> Put my leash on. Walk me around Oops. the hall. <laughs> you heard that. <laughs> um, right. So, yeah. First scene, quite wonderful. Assimilation, masking. A lot of neurodivergent folks do it. Yes. Great metaphor. Also, it's his origin story. There's some trauma that builds in there. His life goes into a different trajectory after that moment. Yes. Yes. Obviously, that um, is not a happy scene for him because he does not like the way his life went. No. And that's why um, when they have uh, this whole show about them telling their stories and everything, um, Barry's like, can I do a different story? Because he he understands that that is not that's not the story that he wants to tell people. A because yes, the trajectory, but then also, you know, if anybody like found out like the truth about it, um, then he would actually, you know, then he would lose everything once again. And that's where right now he's really doing everything to survive and not really um, live a life. He's trying to just cover everything up about him being a hitman, about him, you know, um, doing certain things to keep uh, people out in certain ways. And so um, throughout the show now, you just see him trying to cover everything up and like running to do it all. And um, then we see finally at the end of season three that it comes to a head. Um, uh, and with that, I think that's where we can kind of get into the next scene. So, um, so in the first season, Barry kills Ryan and uh an old military buddy and so skip to season three where um the wife of ryan poisons barry and so um he gets poisoned and she thinks he's dead and all that and he's not um but i think he's at the point where he's like you know on the brink of death i think he's on the brink yeah um, and then it shows him walking out of the house and then all of a sudden I love the, the cause I love the cinematography. I don't know how they did it. I would love to find out how, um, he starts walking and then all of a sudden you see and hear just like the beach and water flowing. And then it's like in the neighborhood. It was just, it was amazing. I don't know how they yeah. did it, but it looks fantastic. Um, and then um, it goes to him being on this beach and he sees like this group of people um, and then he walks towards them um, and it's all the people that he's killed. Um, wow. And the thing about it is that none of them recognize who he is. Um, and so Bill Hader, he talks about how, um, or he talks about how the desert is death in the show Barry. Um, like we talked about before, we talked about how um, his first kill was in the desert. Um, then there's another scene where he's like hallucinating or having a dream and um, he's in the desert and then walks up to Fuchs and then um, they hug each other and they embrace each other. Um, once again, that could be the, sign of like just death because Fuchs brings that with him. Um, he makes him kind of do those hits, not makes him, but you know, manipulates him to get him to do it. And, um, and then 
he also talks about how the ocean is significant to freedom for the show. Um, there was a scene with Ryan where they're at like the carnival on the pier, um, ocean and everything. And he's enjoying his time with him. Um, but then, you know, and then he has to kill him by the end of that. Um, I love this scene because it does kind of put into perspective the ocean, but then also kind of purgatory at the same time because he sees Ryan and Ryan sees him and they just, he, he just doesn't know who he is. Ryan doesn't know who Barry is yep. at all. And that could be just, you know, in death, like we kind of forget things. And while we're on our way to maybe, you know, heaven or hell, I guess it depends on, you know, where you end up. Um, but then we also see the father of Ryan, the first guy who Barry was supposed to kill in LA. Um, and then he eventually kills himself because, you know, the death of his son got to him way too much. So um, I love the scene just for the imagery and just the um, the overall um, message kind of what it sees um, for the show of Barry and kind of like where he like kind of where he's really gone to in the story overall. Um, but yeah. So with that, what'd you think of the scene Naz? Uh, I thought I'm like, man, you know what? This reminds me of, uh, you know, one day Spencer will be Ryan. I'm gonna get shot in the <laughs> face by me. Oh, okay, cool. Are you the Chechens in this situation? Because the Chechens kill him. No, who? Who? I thought who's the guy in the car for the second scene that we that did? That was the That's... father. That was no, the no, father no. of Ryan. The guy. Who's the guy that he shot in the de- in the car in the desert? Oh fuck it! Oh my god! That's a idiot. different guy. <laughs> I'm mixing up the guy. His friend. Yeah, from the military. Yeah. Yeah, that was chris oh different guy well i'm gonna shoot him too so that'd be colin okay cool thanks appreciate that why did you say that yeah uh pop scenes ocean liked it cinematography was solid um i think it's interesting to see what you brought up about the water so the water could be seen as life uh because the desert was Mm -hmm. seen as death because he's also he's killing people there but he's also burying people there in the desert and so there could be something to do so that's with the thing, uh, though. life being giving. With Bill Hader, he didn't say life. He said freedom, which I thought was interesting. Right? You could say, you know. So maybe it, freedom you, to you him just life. means, I mean, freedom to him could be death. It could be. Because yeah. free, they're mean, all he finally doesn't have to live through this shit anymore and doesn't have to, like, you know. You ever seen, like, one of those old school, like, uh, um, like cowboy movies where the, like, anti-hero or whatever has just been through hell and he finally gets like peace and tranquility after he like dies and stuff like that it might be yeah, something yeah. like that to where could be kind of like john wick or some shit yeah it could it could be uh because right he's at the end of the road there he's at the water but the thing is is when barry's there he doesn't look like he's at peace to me he's just kind of walking around confused yeah. on what's going on I also think that might be because he's halfway through being alive and dead. He's not dead yet. I also so, feel like he has and, unfinished business. That too. That too. 
because at that point um, he was trying to make everything right with Gene. Um, and I don't, at that point he wasn't really even caring about his relationship. He was kind of mainly just focusing on Gene. Yep. Um, maybe because he saw him as like a father figure um, or maybe because he just saw something like the light in him and he saw like innocence through him maybe um but yeah so i think he didn't really have that like and he remembered everybody mm -hmm. because um like i said i think he was still alive in that scene and so it's like why would i i can remember everybody but like like i said i think once you die it's like you kind of forget everything you're not really you anymore you're just there yeah no he was kind of going through it and reliving things right. it was almost just like a dream right um, mm -hmm. so the scene to me, I thought it was a very good metaphor for folks that go home at night and start to replay things in their mind. So right. with anxiety, people usually, when they're, when they're doing a lot of stuff, I've had clients this mm -hmm. week we're doing a lot. I said, how's this week? He said, good. I said, why? Cause I've been so busy. I haven't had any downtime to be alone unless none of the scary thoughts came to me cause I'm just distracted. Mm -hmm. I said, okay, so you know, your ADHD has a lot of things to play with, and thus it's not going to attack your brain and think you're a piece of shit and going to die alone. So that's good. Um, also, mm -hmm. some of my students don't like being alone because then they feel worthless or like no one loves them or wants them, and they start to get creepy about some things. Some of my students get suicidal in those moments. Some of them start to self-harm mm -hmm. and do some things. Uh, but when folks are busy, they tend not to think about those things. Uh, but when they do, our brains will start to spiral. And when our brain spiral, it's like we talked about from the Watchmen, we tend to go towards those more negative thoughts. And so a lot of my right. neurodivergent folks, they'll get maybe latched onto a thought, and now, boom, that's it. The hyper-focus goes. We're going to take that hyper-focus mm -hmm. and then become obsessive and tank. Um, mm -hmm. Now, with some of that, I'll have that OCD response where the obsessions, the thoughts, the obsessions or whatever they're on, the thoughts, then they have to do a compulsion. So what mm -hmm. is the compulsion? The compulsion could be texting your partner for reassurance. It could be doing something in the house to clean, get regimented. It could be to dissociate and stare out just at the wall. It could be the compulsion to play video games, to music. Or it could be you just keep going further and further and further and further. Uh, that obsessive overthinking at nighttime, I just thought about the beach. I'm like, this feels mm. like someone overthinking. Everything's peaceful and quiet, and they're just chilling there, and next thing you know, boom, all these faces appear. And now they have to think about mm. all these socially anxious or embarrassing or obligations. That's what I thought about. It seemed like a perfect dream that shifted to a nightmare mm. because their brain was yeah. too quiet. Right. And when people's brains get quiet, that's when all the crazy shit comes. That's why a lot of my students right. don't like meditation because as soon as I get them to calm their mind, boom. When I'm doing meditations with neurodivergent folks, it's quick. couple minutes. couple minutes, it's very active in what's going on. I'm not just trying to get them to fall asleep. Uh, right. So that's what I was thinking about. Is that doom spiral? I was also thinking about Barry and all those humans and how a lot of us do this autism replay. It's not a real thing. I just coined this shit like five minutes ago. Um, there you go. Yeah, autism Trademark replay. It's, it's where we 
replay something over and over and over. So it's not necessarily the doom spiral where it's an anxious thought. We just replay the events of the day, the conversation that we just had, and we'll just think about it over and over and over. It becomes obsessive. So Spence is probably like you when you just had these interviews for the jobs. You start to go over and over and over. What did I do? What did I talk about? How to perfect it? Neurodivergent person will go on that train and they'll go on that train for a day, two days, three days. Uh, yeah, I'm still thinking about this shit. Um, yeah. It's <laughs> like I, we get obsessive about it, man. It's intense. Uh, yeah. I won't sleep yeah. for some days when I go over things like that. I just recently yeah. did that uh, interview at Baylor, though. And yeah. I did not doom spiral at all because I was so confident in it. I mean, I obviously thought about it for the next day. And then I had to think about like 50 other fucking things because now I'm in this imagination mode where I have to visualize a completely mm-hmm. different life and make up all these fictional things. Like, my God, right. did I just make an entire world <laughs> in my mind? <laughs> this is fantastic. Flying Literally. cars. Oh, it was intense. Self-lacing dude shoes for the next three days my dad's like you're dissociating aren't you i'm like huh staring off into space creating a different world uh with so much more money oh my god uh (laughs) and i feel like that's what barry did there right he was poisoned and dying but he would create this whole new world this purgatory and he's seen all these people Mm -hmm. and interactions and things and he's experiencing different emotions and he go waves at his boy they just got done killing a couple episodes ago. Well, a couple seasons ago. And he's yeah. like, why would he wave at you? Even if he did recognize you, you shot him in the head, bro. Yeah, no, uh, and that's the thing. It was just like, you didn't know if he if he knew him or if he was just ignoring him because, you know, because he killed him. Correct. Um, yeah, they, they leave it very generalized. Yeah. You can't really get anything yeah. from it. You don't know what's going on. I like it. I kind of... I like for the most part, I hate like open ended endings. I really do. Like, yep. I hate that because I just like it's up to your imagination. It's like, no, just tell me, no, tell me what happens. Don't, it's like the, don't the do end of Sopranos shit. did he die or did he live? It was like he died. It's like, you don't fucking know, though. You don't know. You never you know. know. Bastards. Yeah. I know. Goddamn. HBO always with your open ending shit. HBO. So that was my thing with that scene. Um, okay. The, if you have any more questions, we'll go with that. And then we have the diagnosis and treatment thing. Okay. I mean, how do you, how do you talk to people that have more of a religious upbringing? It's like, you know, obviously you want to treat everybody the same. Fair. But at the same time, a lot of people are very passionate about like their faith and things like that. And I'm yeah. thinking about that because, you know, this is kind of um, a purgatory scene that we're seeing here. We're seeing somebody, we're seeing a lot of people who may be on their way towards the afterlife and things like that. So what is kind of your approach, especially as a therapist towards, you know, people who are more on the religious side, even though you're trying to break down their mind you know, by themselves. Yeah, yeah. So you tie it all in, uh, right? I'm not scared to mm-hmm. go there. Some some therapists are scared to go literally anywhere. I had a student talk to me Fair the enough. other day. She's like, this is TMI. I'm like, I've heard everything a million times over. <laughs> it is not TMI. So they said a few things. I'm like, it's completely fine. Um, yeah. Not a big deal. We say the word sex in this office. It's okay. Okay. <laughs> We're all adults here. Um, 
would say I worked at two Catholic schools. Religion was brought up. I've worked with seminarians as well at these schools, becoming priests, and so religion is brought up. I've worked with a lot, a lot of progressive kids, and I've worked with a lot, a lot of conservative kids, right? I've got some kids that come in there with shit I don't really vibe with and believe in. I got some that, you know, I'm all on board for, and then we can talk about it and laugh. I got some that, uh, you know, they, they may question. I got a human I questioned the other day. I'm like, you one of them racist kids? I can't tell. Like, I feel like you're not, but like, also I feel like everything you just said may equal racism. But I can't tell, but I think you're a good person. Oh. Hmm. Yeah, I think they're a good person, so I put them back on the schedule. Yeah. Hmm. Um, uh, It's fine, right? People come into me, say I'm like deeply uh, rooted in my faith, Uh, whether it be Christianity Hmm. or Islam, doesn't really matter. And so we talk about it, and we talk about how God navigates things in their life. What are the the, the rules, morals, and ethics, values, commandments that they go by? What's acceptable, mm-hmm. not acceptable? Uh, it happens when I talk to couples about marriages and like getting divorced. Um, I was talking with couples about contraception and then how that's not really cool with a lot of my more Christian students, uh, more my mm-hmm. more conservative students. Completely fine. So we were talking about uh, like family planning. We did some family planning the other day, uh, and it's completely fine. It's in my wheelhouse. Uh, when we get to the purgatory-related stuff and, like, life and death and all that, mm-hmm. so I just listen to them and kind of let them navigate it, talk about what are they scared of, what, where do they think that they're going to go. Um, it's usually more what is the meaning to life and what are they, what are they worried about after life. And then I usually have mm-hmm. them consult with their pastor, minister, priest, and get some pastoral counseling. So I don't believe that mm-hmm. I have all the answers. So why the fuck would I speak on things they don't know? So I will refer mm-hmm. and defer uh, uh, to the person in charge of their spiritual guidance. Um, mm-hmm. So then we just, we kind of tag team it off of that. Because um, mm-hmm. that's more of a spiritual guidance thing. I'll get I'll get in there and talk about some stuff. Um, you know, it's interesting. I got some students that will gravitate more towards religion while in therapy uh, if it comes mm-hmm. up which is not often and then i got some right. students that are discerning away from it um and they're discerning away from their family's uh viewpoints on religion because many of my kids will grow mm-hmm. up in very conservative or very very staunch christian deeply christian households um and they'll still be conservative and they'll still be christian but they're a little less intense they're a little less they'll become more like the the the, the holiday religious you right they you know they, they back off of like all day every day and praying all the time where they you know it's part of their life and the spiritual but it's also not the biggest factor right a lot of my students also will start to question religion and their beliefs and philosophies when they start to get more educated they start to mm-hmm. see some of the shady things that happen in religions and we're not just talking about like you know manipulation we're talking about you know people that have died in the name of god we're talking about a lot of different things about masculinity and men ruling Uh, there's Mm -hmm. some lot of shady stuff that goes on um so we'll talk about that we'll talk about some of the anti-lgbtq things too and how some of my clients will have to find a church that's good for them because it's not the religion that's persecuting them it's the people that are practicing it that's persecuting them most of the time so we navigate those waters uh to be very tricky waters 
sometimes when I'm referring clients that are LGBTQ and are religious, mm -hmm. I'm making sure that I refer them to someone that is like accepting. Right. Because, you know, I don't, I don't know. And then sometimes when I have coworkers that are LGBTQ, gay, trans, um, I'm like, so where do you fall on the spectrum of like allyship? Cause I, I need to refer you to someone, but you know, they have a different identity than yours and I don't want you to like hurt them, but they're more right. specialized in what you need. And so I'm like, mm -hmm. uh, it's the thing that gets brought up and talked about. Um, religion, as long as you're not scared about it, it's awesome. Okay. It's usually discerning out, questioning their family, wondering what's the meaning of life or why is life so hard? Mm -hmm. Why is God allowing this to happen to people? Why did God allow me to get hurt in this way or traumatized in this way? Why did God take my mother from me, my, my, my friend from me? Why do these people have cancer? It'll be right. a lot of like resentment and anger. And then we start to like process that, talk about it. God never gets brought up in my office if they're happy with God. If they're happy mm -hmm. with their religion, it doesn't really get brought up. It's something that I know is in the room. It's usually when there's some discontent in their life and some existential issues, that's when it gets brought up. Right. The purgatory thing. I've yet to have many of those questions. And I think if I have, I've deferred. That's fair. I mean, purgatory um, doesn't really get brought up a lot nowadays, especially because I think the Catholic Church is just like, yeah, no, that's not a real thing thing purgatory See, is a I, real thing so i think it gets brought up subtly when my students are asking me am i a piece of shit asking me if they mm. are do you think i'm mm -hmm. a bad person mm. i'm like i don't know are you <laughs> like oh my god why would you say that i'm like i don't know I mean, you are a you bad person it. i'm like well no maybe you are a shitty person and they're like why would you I'm like, let's be honest. I tease some of them. None of us are all good. That's so bullshit. Like, you're religious. We're all born in sin. We're all sinners. Mm -hmm. It's fine. The question is, how bad are you? Are you hurting people constantly? Are you doing it on purpose? Or is it just ignorance? Like, what's actually going on? Were you out of control? Was it your obsessive thinking and thoughts that made you do some of these things? And then you're just mental health tanked, and then you lashed out? Mm-hmm. That's tend to where it goes when it starts to get more religious with me is, am I a bad person? Mm. I'm like, well, if you're a bad person, I'm going straight to hell. Um, <laughs> and so that's when I'll sprinkle that in with people. I said, I've done bad things. We've all done bad things. doesn't make me a bad person. And I've said this in the pod many of times. That's when the God thing will come up mm -hmm. the most because they're worried. They're going upstairs. They're going downstairs. <laughs> a lot of funny business happening downstairs. <laughs> Jesus. So, all right. So last question before we get into the diagnosis. What do you think is going to, how do you think Barry's going to end? Oh, he's going straight to hell. <laughs> he's just, he's so I'm sorry, bro. He don't win too far with all the murder and the killing. I don't True. care how traumatized you are. Fucking you! Yeah, no. His body He's a good is, person. Uh, yeah, it's going up. Yeah, no, you ain't up. did. A, he ain't did enough good shit. Going to acting class and getting a girlfriend yeah. doesn't erase yeah. all the murder. Fair enough. 
Fair yeah. enough. Yeah, I see him probably dying at the end too. Oh um, yeah, yeah, he's definitely going to hell if he does die. I don't yeah. really think that you can end this on a happy note. I don't know if it should end on a happy note. But that's the thing. It's kind of like Dexter. It's like I want. I hope they end it well because going back to Dexter, Dexter was an awesome show, but then the ending was so garbage. It was so garbage because they should have ended it with him, you know, you know, dying or whatever. Um, but they didn't, and so I hope they do it well in this. And yeah, I mean, I wonder how he's going to get out of prison because. It doesn't look like he can. Um, and the way Gene like kind of set him up to be, you know, um, to actually go to prison and stuff. Yeah. I'm wondering, I'm like, is he now like, is he going to hate Gene for doing that, for portraying him? Or is he going to be like, I understand what you did. I understand. And I don't think that he'll take his own life. I think that, you know, he'll no. either li- he'll either live or he'll die. Because he could have uh, taken his own life way before this. And I don't see why anyone would kill him in prison unless he was part of one of the gangs that messed up things. But we'll see. I'm sure it's going to be a lot of twists and turns because it always is. Um, But if we're talking about him and the beach, specifically in the metaphor. Yeah. There's no there's no way. No, there's there's no way. Um, All those bodies on the beach. All the pain. Right. He killed his, his friend and then his dad killed himself. And there's too much pain. Uh, well, and we talk about like redemption and stuff. It's like, what has he really done to kind of redeem it all? And he kept killing even after he, he's like, okay, after this one, that's it. No more killing. Yep. And then he kept on doing it, kept on doing it, kept on doing it. It's a dog off a leash. Uh, and so I'm not going to lie. I, I, sometimes I feel like, you know, I've definitely made up for any stupid transgression I had or any stupid bullying or right. picking on or stupid little schemes which I will not go into. Um, yes. I've made it for those a million times over. I've even think I've made up. I've done so much good that I've made up for pops and moms. Uh, mm. And so part of me is like, I wonder if I can take my tab, add it to theirs. I don't okay. think it works like that, but part That's of me is like, thing you say oh, that. I think about it all the time. I'm like, my yeah. score is pretty good. So I feel like if I can shed some coin, because maybe they produced me, then maybe that can buy him a ticket. Then also, we might just be a video game that aliens are playing for fun. I don't know who the fuck wanted to play mine, a bald, fat Mexican Arab. Like, uh, I got this bald one again. Yeah, God I got damn it. He's eating again. <laughs> oh he just won't. I'm trying to press put down the sandwich. He won't do it. Yeah. <laughs> and now it's like, it. well, we'll give him medicine to where he can't fucking eat anymore. And he literally gets the bubble guts. So he's throwing up again. Yeah. <laughs> we, let's see if he can hold this pizza down. No, we We're, can't. <laughs> Jesus. Jesus. We're all just part of the Sims. I'm telling you, I'm part of me is like com- found comfort in thinking that we are a simulation. Because then it's not really our choice. It's something else beyond us. Yeah. It's our choices, motherfucker. We got to live with it. Ah, fuck you. Well, that asteroid's <laughs> coming in 2045 and we'll all be gone, so it's fine. All right, motherfucker. All right, diagnosis for Barry. Okay. Well, 2045, people. They're like, who? <laughs> President? No, asteroid. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Jesus. You sons of bitches. <laughs> Deuce. Um... Instead of hope, it's like no hope. 
<laughs> oh yeah. Ever since I seen that article on fucking whatever weird internet thing, I was like, yes. <laughs> yes, burn it all. Yes. Yeah, I'm like, I'm so tired. Um all right. Diagnosis. Dude definitely got autism. One hundred percent. The things that he's doing now and all that all the scandalous stuff, that is not part of autism. His neuropathology, the way he works, operates, communicates, experiences things, uh, emotions, that's all neurodivergent. Um, I would assume that there's also probably a hint of OCD in there. There's oh, a yeah. hint of generalized anxiety in there, but does not is not expressed. Um, and obviously the depression is in there as well. So there's multiple mental health things that are in there. We mm -hmm. could say that he has some social anxiety. I would assume that he does. Uh, and we could say that he has PTSD. So he's got a lot of trauma in there. I don't know if he has where he's re-experiencing it through his body or his mind. I'm not sure if he's mm -hmm. actually re-experiencing it that much. So I won't say PTSD, but he definitely has trauma. Yeah, definitely trauma, I think. Because he doesn't seem like he is, like he kind of is guilty for what he does um, and kind of does have like the flashbacks, but it's not like sporadic or anything like that. No, it's more of like him bringing up something. Yeah. He's not having any emotional like breakdowns, physiological being overstimulated, hypervigilant. He's not having any like looking behind. Yeah. So PTSD is off the table, but he's definitely has uh, tr trauma that's coursing through him. Okay. And then he has all the different neural divergent things that are coursing through him. Right. Uh, therapy for an individual, take away all the murder. I feel like we're doing that every podcast now. Sure. Take away all the murder. Um, we don't condone murdering. Yeah. Well. Mm, uh, yes, we do not condone murdering. Uh, obviously, therapy. Someone like this yeah. needs to be in therapy. He needs to talk about his relationship with his girlfriend, yeah. his friends, his schooling. He needs to work on his interpersonal skills and connecting, bonding, verbalizing. Um. Definitely needs to work on just healthy relationships just in general and understand what is and is not appropriate. So everyone that's using and manipulating him, this is it's fucked up. He's actually very traumatized and doesn't even understand it. Yeah. I would also and, say that he would need somebody kind of like you, like fighting him on stuff because oh, Barry, he seems like the type of dude that would be like, yeah, everything's fine. And then it's just like completely a disaster. He does it all the time in the show. Everything's fine. I'm like, Exactly. And that's, I don't think, and that's the thing. I think he would do the same shit with a therapist. He wouldn't open up. Like, you really have to connect with him on some level, which it's like, seems almost impossible to do. It's yeah. not impossible, but it's possible to do it because Gene does it. Um, but like, I feel like he would just be lying to the therapist and be like, yeah, everything's fine. Everything's cool. But in reality, he's breaking fuck down. Correct. He would need, uh, wasn't he taking pills or like for something like that at one point in time during the movie? Um, he was having panic attacks. I think he was. Yeah. I think in the third season, he was really having panic attacks. Yeah. I feel um, like there was a, yeah, where he was on a cliff trying to shoot someone in a house. And I feel like he had a panic attack during that. I can't remember. Huh. Yeah. I think maybe he was, uh, but he would need someone pushing someone that asks really good in depth questions and doesn't let him get away with any BS. Like, Oh, I think it's fine. Like right. now, let's extrapolate. Right, right. They, 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 get to, they get to talk. Let's let's strap it on. If if anybody on the podcast doesn't know, that was me slapping my forehead. <laughs> <laughs> slapping that dang. Okay. <laughs> oh. 
So, um, someone like this is going to have a lot of self-sabotage issues. They are going to get into some shady shit and breakups and unhealthy relationships because they feel like shit. There's going to be so much self-sabotage. They're going to end up blocking their happiness and joy so much. And then you just keep murdering. So, (laughs) murder. That's the biggest things. Uh, Someone like him, probably medication and antidepressant, uh, OCD and anti-anxiety med. Same thing, SSRI. To get his mind to calm down and relax. Maybe that can help him with his emotional uh, and cognitive like processing. Yeah. Uh, probably needs a new job. So we need to look at some resources for a new job. It's weird because he had like a part-time job at like Lululemon, which is hilarious. Because <laughs> he's just working at Lululemon. I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, also, I would say with this, it kind of feels like... Um, Anytime that he's put in a position to kill somebody, it's an automatic thing. It's automatic. Um, like he has to do it. Like, right. He doesn't think about it. He just does it. Yep. Um, when we go back to him shooting Chris, it was a re he, even though he was, he had plenty of time to think about it. Cause it was a longer scene, mm-hmm. plenty of time. It was kind of a reactive thing. Like, Oh, he said this. So I have to do this. Oh, if he, he would have said it. this. I would have done this. I literally just did this. Yeah, I told you about this during the break when we were talking. I literally just did this yesterday with Colin. Something mm-hmm. happened. My brain was like, "Well, this is the next step," and I didn't use any emotional reasoning before I brought something up. And I was just like, mm-hmm. "This is the next step." Mm-hmm. And everyone's like, "Why are you talking about this?" And I'm like, right. "This is the next step." Right. Uh, so it happens. It's no divergent yeah. thing too. We go into action. Mm. We go into solutions very quickly. Yeah. Um. So different job, some resources to help him with job, more connection, making sure he's getting involved in community. Obviously, he likes the community-based stuff. Yeah. And so you would make sure that that can happen. And then working through his social anxiety and ineptitudes. Um, the next thing is just working majorly on emotional understanding. Right. Who he is, what's his personality, is he a good person, is he a bad person? We would have to work through all of that. Um, specifically, if he wants to be in a healthy relationship, he's going to need to be able to communicate or he's going to have to find a partner that understands his communication. Mm-hmm. But he will have to verbalize that that is his communication and thus they can accept it or decline it. Um, so he yeah. is going to need a therapist, possible meds, jobs, resources, human connection. Mm-hmm. So a social worker would be perfect for him because they can connect him with everything. Right. Um, a psychologist will probably just say that he's fucking crazy. Say that he's personality disordered, send him on his way with a prescription. Social worker is going to break down a ton of stuff. Hmm. And if he was to see me, I'd be like, so you're autistic. <laughs> so put the gun down. First of all, put the gun down. No, put, no more of that. Put Shh. the gun down. No more of that. Yep. And I'll take 10% of every murder because I'll spit oh your ass God. out. <laughs> Pause real quick. So every time any of my students are getting ready to graduate, I'm like, yeah, so you, uh, I get that 10% now or when? And then what you talking about? I'm like, oh, you about to graduate. You just got that job, right? Yeah, I get 10%. <laughs> and they're like, well, I ain't got no money. I'm like, well, you can give me 10% right now up front of whatever you want, you know, whatever the salary is, or I can take 10% over the life of your contract. So, I mean, <laughs> it's up to you. You're like fucking rumple stiltskin with your fucking deals. <laughs> You're like, so, you know, I helped you out uh, with the golden thread, so I get your first child. Yep. Yeah. 10%? It's not that bad. 
some of my students who look at me and they're like, okay, Nas. I'm like, I'm cashing this shit in. Like, I'm going to come at your house and be like, knock, knock, knock. <laughs> the thing is, instead of like being like, oh, you have to guess my name. You're like, guess what race I am. You don't know. Am I Polynesian? Am I just Mexican? <laughs> Stab. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's Mexican. He's Mexican. He's Mexican. He's Mexican. Um, <laughs> I love using that for my neurodivergent students, man. They'd be like, so you go take 10%? I'm like, yep. And you just stare at them so they think you're super serious. Motherfucker, you'd be rich as shit by now. I know. Fucking yeah. bastards. <laughs> Ungrateful sons of bitches. All right. So. All right. So that was the diagnosis treatment plan. Yeah. Um, lots of talking, lots of therapy, lots of help resources. I assume we're going to need to talk about his family and upbringing as well. Um, there's going to have to be a lot of growth and emotion, intimacy. Yeah, I kind of was, I hope maybe um, in the last season they kind of talk about his parents because they don't really talk about them much, I don't think. Um, So that'd be cool if they did that. Um, But yes, so thank you everybody for watching. Also, the... I think this is a show where we would come back to it because there's so many layers, so many different characters that we can touch on. We haven't even like really gone into Noho Hank or I think that'd be a great topic. And then his girlfriend, of course. Yeah. Terrible. Um, And then the new season starts on April 16th. So this Sunday. Um, So I'm going to be watching. Um, Once again, thank you everybody for watching. Uh, Go visit our website check out uh our podcast on every streaming service check out our merch that i'm wearing right now this is the cordon coordinates hoodie we got it piece of cheese yep yep that's right it's the most beautiful piece of cheese you've ever seen right on the uh, nipple i love that gouda <laughs> <laughs> i love that havarti you know you're fucking fat when you know so many fucking cheeses. I know, I know a lot of cheeses. I don't think about cheese you know right so now. So many cheeses. Oh my god! In the murder mystery too, Adam Sandler's just eating a brick of cheese the entire oh, time. Yeah. It's fucking I, hilarious. I watched that. This was this was actually pretty funny. I got I a like couple that. scenes recorded. We can maybe do it. That was a yeah. good movie. Yeah. All right. So thank you everybody once again. Um, donations you can go on YouTube, Instagram, all that stuff. That would be very helpful. We would appreciate it very much. Um. Yeah, I think that's all I got. So thank you, everybody, and see you next time. All right, people. Much love. Peace. Different Specials Podcast. Bye.